This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of January 10th. I'm your host, E-Swab, Derek Kessinger, alongside Kevin Kovac, Kyle McFadden, and as you can see here, on a sabbatical as we announced last week, Todd Turner. We will have guests coming up as Todd is off the next 90 days for working at Flow Sports for 15 years to give you a three-month sabbatical, so Todd is using it during the winter months to start off the 2024 campaign. And after a 21-day hiatus, we kick off the 2024 season. Opening weekend, you had Bobby Pierce went on Sunday night, the Wild West shootout, and probably the craziest race conditions I've ever seen. The night, the night before that, you saw Kay Dillard picking up, a, I think, a very big win for him, just confidence-wise. And then we had to go east all the way to Alabama for at Talladega short track for the Ice Bowl. And then Ryan Gustin debuting with uh, Team Cooney, getting a nice win. I'm sure he got some practice laps, testing it out for when they go back later on in the year. And I'm sure Gustin is probably out in Florida somewhere testing this week as well, as I know a lot of some race teams are out. Uh, getting some laps in, getting ready for Florida, Georgia, Kevin Kovac. Uh, where should we start? A lot of racing going on. Let's just pick up where Bobby Pierce finished the 2023 season, over a million dollars. He's ahead of schedule than he was last year. He didn't win until, you know, the last night or the Friday night or Saturday night. I don't know. He won like night four, I think, at the Wild West. <laughs> it only took him only took him 48 hours this year to get his first win after passing Mike Marler with a handful of laps to go. Yeah, he won two of the last three last year, that last weekend. Right. So night um, four, then. Uh, at the – Right. Yeah. And uh, so like this, he definitely had a schedule. He had good runs those first couple. I think he didn't he spin out like I think right at the beginning. Uh, last he even year. said that in his uh, interview. He's like, I embarrassed myself last year on this first yeah. weekend. So he was he was he was happy to bounce back. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of getting his feet wet with the Longhorn chassis last year in the first day, first weekend. And uh, I think he's already obviously he's already done that because uh, he won 34 times uh, last year. Uh, with it and uh you know like he told uh, uh kyle about like maybe we can win 50 races this year and he had said that to me towards the end of last year too like i remember talking to him about the world of outlaws championship and he said man yeah 50 that's our goal for next year and hey man you know like it, it, you have to win at a heck of a rate to get 50 uh you figure he's probably will run 90 to 100 races and so you're talking almost 50 percent but for him it's it's possible the way he uh Finished that last half of the year from July, especially all, July to end of the year. The, the, I mean, he probably had a 50% win rate uh, for to close the season. Um, uh, if, if he could keep that up, and he's done it already. I mean, I, I in our fast talk, I predict, I, I made my bold prediction. I say he wins three of the last four, and he gets a $25,000 bonus at the Wild West shootout for winning four of them. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see, but... He won on Sunday, and he said he didn't even have the best car. He used a little willpower to win, right? Right, Kyle? Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, I mean, just like, you know, first first and a second for him through two races. And honestly, too, like, I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, first weekend of the year is going to come out and be absolutely dialed in. But, you know, if, if you're watching Bobby Pierce, especially like on that first night, obviously he didn't, you know, went, went – with the harder tire choice and, and, and that first, uh, that first, first feature went, went green from start to finish there. Um, and so, but even like throughout that race, right. He dropped back to fourth and, 
powered his way back on up through there and uh, obviously nearly got Cade there toward the end. But um, on that second night there, I mean, he was thinking like, I mean, he was in third with 10 laps left. And at that point, um, you know, Mike Marler and uh, Kyle Larson were putting on a pretty good show from, from, uh, um, and uh, just like Bobby wasn't really in that conversation until that caution with five, five laps left and uh, pulled off one of his um, signature uh, moves and maneuvers where he, you know, uses one corner of the track to get a big run off the top to um, ultimately finish off uh, a pass there for the lead or just pass the, yeah, pass there for the lead on Sunday off in the other end of the court or often, often the other end of the racetrack. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I asked him how much of, of that, uh, did his car kind of come into, uh, like the picture there, how much of his car, um, kind of came to life and how much of that was just sheer willpower. And he said it was, uh, mostly willpower there for him. So yeah, no, lots of, uh, uh, audacity there from the 32 and, uh, which has really marked kind of his rise here or it's that's defined a lot of his success. If, if you really look, look into it and, um, over the last year and, and also the same can be said for a Ricky Thornton jr. Too, you know, while yes, RTJ and Bobby Pierce have had at, at large the best race cars um, pretty much almost everywhere they've been. Um, if you really look at just, just what they're getting out of their race car and how they're managing their race and really finding another level in those last five to 10 laps, um, you know, willpower is certain, certainly the word uh, there to describe that for them both. Yeah, he, uh, when that track gets like that where it's slick to a cushion and he's just one of the greatest to ever do it, I don't think anybody could argue that yet. You might not be a fan of him. You might, you know, don't like his antics or the Pierce Posse, but you cannot deny how good he is when he runs that cushion. And Kovac, after the first two nights, he's on pace to make on the year $834,000. Uh, if you know, if you took it times 365, I mean, how much money he's making per day. So a uh, little bit off track, but that's just winning. That's just winner's purses, not even counting points fun or the big 50 grants. But I thought it was kind of funny that, he, you know, he's he's averaging to make $834,000 uh, for the 2024 campaign. And I think unless something crazy happened, he's, he's probably going to be in the top three the rest of the week. So he's looking pretty solid. How big of that win was it for Kay Dillard on that opening night? It feels like he – Kind of lost him in it a little bit there the last couple of years, but he came out swinging uh, to kick off this season. Yeah, it was really good for him. Uh, you know, Kyle wrote that. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Kyle wrote a story there about um, how he last year he ended it pretty well. He had some good consistent right. finishes at the end of the year, especially he was in the top ten all through the through the World Finals at uh, at Charlotte. Uh, it was sort of a weird year though for for Cade, you know, because. Like, he had been building, you know, for the, a year, few years before that, you know, sort of like a, a little bit of a national, uh, you know, reputation. You know, he started running with the World of Outlaws, won some races back in uh, 
in 2020. He won that big race that uh, he won the final uh, race at Vado uh, when the World of Outlaws ran there for a weekend. That was the, you know, the first big races that Vado had. And Cade won that finale. Uh, and and it, it seemed like he was building. Then he, you know, he, he sort of dropped off at the end of the, the, the one year uh, of the tour. Uh, you know, because his, his kids were, were going to school and he wanted to be there. You know, remember that that story that he, he didn't he uh, he couldn't make a make an Eastern swing because he wanted to be home late in August to, for his kids, uh, which was, uh, you know, obviously a very uh, you know noble thing, too. You know, he wanted to wanted to be there for the family and and he took a year off from the outlaws. You know, last year he came back, but it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> it seemed like he didn't really get out there at the beginning of the year focused on running the world of outlaws. You know, he, he went to Florida, went to speed Weeks, went to Volusia um, and then just kept going with it, you know, and, and he never really, uh, you know, he, it wasn't the, the Kate Dillard that you'd seen building uh, a couple years earlier. Um, but then at the end of the year, it seemed like something a little starts clicking a little bit. He did, he did switch to Longhorn chassis during the year and, um, Maybe he kind of felt you know good about that, <clears throat> and uh and and now he comes out this year and it it just seems like there, there's a little more focus to a little more concentration about this is what we're gonna do we're gonna run this World of Outlaws deal uh we're gonna have a, we have our Longhorn right from the start and and Vado is a great way to come out of the box for him too to get some confidence he runs really good there like I said he won the Outlaw race there a few years ago. Um, right. He's won big modified races there. I mean, he swept the, he won the modified race on Saturday too, pulling double duty. I mean, it's a racetrack that he really, really likes. Um, and, and I, and you could see that this is, I, I feel like this is something that's going to carry over. He's got talent. He's shown it on, on a big stage on, on, you know, on a national level. So I think that you can, uh, you can expect him to, you know, be more in, of a contender this year, all year with the outlaws. Kyle, just your thoughts on him. You talked to him on Saturday after the races. I'm sure he was probably tickled to death. Uh, one of the good guys in the sports, very approachable, very nice to talk to. And then, like Kovac said, I think it was he has some uh, showing out to do and maybe quiet some critics, and hopefully he can bounce back for a big 2024 campaign. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's like really the expectation for him this year. And so, I mean, if, if you're looking over his last – think 20 races now dating back to last year i mean he has 17 straight top 10s or sorry 17 top 10s over the, over his last uh 20 starts now and so obviously that that big win uh on saturday night and then even finished in the top five there too on sunday so wasn't that far off and uh but on on saturday i mean you know he uh you have to look back to, uh, you know, just how he got the lead, right? And and uh, on the outside, they're starting uh, outside pole of Bobby Pierce. And, um, you know, we were all kind of making our picks up in the press box. And uh, Pierce, does anybody have anything for Bobby Pierce? And, um, you know, I made a comment. Well, you know, I mean, Cade, Cade got the uh, lead there in his heat race, uh, starting on the outside of his, uh, heat. And, um, if he was ever going to, you know, his best shot there to, uh, get ahead of Bobby in that feature would, would, would be that initial start. And, uh, you know, sure enough, 
got the launch he needed and uh um drove just a really good race too uh smart and uh had to work through lap traffic i mean he didn't have that race handed to him per se and and um also too it's just like you know if if you look back to charlotte last year last night of the world finals you know he led 26 of those 40 laps i think um and then uh a familiar face at the top of our poll last year of uh, ricky thornton jr came uh busting on through and um you know ripped that would be win right there from dillard's uh grasp and uh i think Cade finished eighth in that race and uh his tires and and just um you know the way in which he thought the track would progress just uh didn't pan out for him and i remember talking with him afterward after that night and uh it was it was it was mixed feelings just about how he was going into his off season you know while yes you know, he's he's felt like he put himself back in, into really back in a state of like relevancy in the sport you know obviously like leading laps in contention at one of the toughest races to win nowadays uh, in the world finals and uh but just to be that close and you know not get it done uh, really left kind of a bittersweet taste in his mouth going into the off season or his off season. That was his last race up, uh, before Vado here. And so, uh, you know, he's really put in the work. Um, I think like, Oh, we have, uh, another guest here on the show, huh? But, um, yeah, yeah, but no, I, I mean, he's like really put in the work. He's really surrounded himself with the people that he needs uh for him to be the best version of himself as a race car driver so um honestly like i don't think it's out of the question that he could finish top five in the points this year if he keeps this up on the outlaw tour right and so uh you think of drivers that we've seen over the past few years kind of come into their own really take the next step uh you know kate dillard's gonna be one of those this year i think um others in the conversation obviously too like dalton wilson you know we talked about him last week uh you know while Cade, he's won national touring races right he still feels like there's more left for him to accomplish in the sport and so um obviously i mean he's a week away now from the start to that to that outlaw season in volusia so um you know he'll be able to it, i'm sure finish out the week in Vado just as he, he needs to and uh carry on that momentum into the all important uh speed weeks and start there to at at volusia so um yeah no i mean he's it's good to it's good to i feel like every time i've talked with Cade after a race it was to inquire about something that didn't go his way. So, uh, it's nice for once to, um, just, just have a, have a cheerful, um, just right. Happy yeah. He's, uh, so. for sure. He's, uh, one of the good guys in the sports works hard. I admire, as you can see here, Chloe making her dirt reporters debut. She heard some, uh, Kate Dillard talks so and she's like, daddy, come over. I, I want to hear what they have to say. So, uh, 
watching her today as it's just crazy weather here in central Illinois. But I just admire uh, his like love for his family. Like Kovac mentioned that he's always going to be there for them. A lot of times you just, you know, drivers, that's their job. They have to middle miss a lot of family things, but he's kind of made it a point where he's not going to miss some of the big things uh, in his kid's life. Uh, Really quick, Kovac, did you feel bad for those guys in Vado with like some of the pictures, uh, the way Ben and DJ were describing that weather down there at Vado with you couldn't even see 500 yards away. It was like a dust storm. It was cold. I mean, that might have been colder than Golden Isle or not Golden Isles, but Screven we've had, you know, like a, over a decade ago when it was like freezing. It, it looked not fun out there, but kudos to that track crew, uh, the Fairbury gang, Chad Bowman and company to get that that track racy for the feature. Cause it was kind of locking down there for the B mains. Uh, yeah. First, let me just, uh, you know, say, let me welcome Chloe to, to the show here. She's doing very well. She's very, being nice and quiet. Oh, good. I'm glad. I was going to ask you also to move that microphone because it looked like from this angle that, uh, Derek was just breastfeeding, uh, Chloe. So we needed to, um, we need to get the bottle uh, shown there. You know, I thought he might well, put on they... one of those, Little, you know. <laughs> okay. Yes, but they, it's crazy because the instincts kick in when I wake up in the middle of the night and go downstairs to feed her. She's kind of, you know, attached to that thing because they're just so, you know, just <laughs> mother nature and stuff. But we bottle feed. She's a great eater. She sleeps attached throughout the night. That, attached to that thing. That's what Derek <laughs> yes. says. Yes. <laughs> so though she's great. She loves racing. She's actually watched both Wild West Shootout events so far. She's been right there next to Daddy. So she's been good. Uh, just have to feed her while. Mom had to go pick up one of the other kids, but all in all, she's doing very great, very quiet. But yeah, that weather was kind of crazy. I think it might have been chillier there than back in our northern states, Kovac. But racing was still phenomenal as always. Yeah, well, I mean that the we had pictures. You know, Mike Roofer took some pictures of the um, of the flag straight out. You know, and everybody was talking about dust storms. Kind of reminded me when I heard those dust storm and like the forty mile per hour winds. Uh, it reminded me of an outlaw race I went to, I don't know, probably, what was that, 2009, 10 or whatever, out of Gillette, Wyoming. When we got there, the wind was so strong, 40, 50 miles per hour. Like, guys are working on their cars out in the pits with, like, goggles on and, and, ma and you know, and masks around their bandanas around their mouths. And so the, you know, the dirt wouldn't go in their mouth and it was going into the into the haulers. And I can imagine it must have been like that at uh, – at uh at Vado with uh, with the way that wind was so stiff and I mean and talk about the worst kind of conditions that you could have for a uh, for a racetrack to to kind of try to come up with a good racetrack and um and Vado is is a I mean every time it seems like it produces it's really getting this reputation of being some great racing and and here they got the they they got the nightmare kind of scenario I mean, it wasn't raining but it was uh but it was uh, very, very windy and just drying that racetrack out. And it's probably hard to even put water down when it, when it, when the wind's blowing that hard. And, um, and it did lock down. I mean, I, when I, when I was watching those, especially the B mains, <clears throat> it was all around the bottom, not normal Vado, but man, you got to see that Chad Bowman uh, led crew, that track crew, man, they went to work on it after, uh, after those, uh, uh, B mains for the features. I mean, the features, it, it looked like it was just a normal night. You know, there was guys up on top, guys in the bottom, guys going through them, guys throwing sliders. It was what you wanted from Vada, what you expect. And, and, and I mean, just kudos to that track crew for, for turning that racetrack over and, and, and getting it back and bringing it back to life. Uh, 
there's not, I mean, not every racetrack crew could do that, especially facing those conditions. And, and, and those guys, they, they did that probably, I mean, Kyle was there 30, 35 minutes. I think he said, uh, not bad. It was only eight o'clock local time too, when they started. So it wasn't like it was a late night already. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that was cutting into, uh, you know, thankfully it, it went pretty, pretty quickly. They did a great job and great racing because of it, but man, it, it even snowed after the race, right, Kyle? You know, a little I, bit. Of, I yeah, saw it was. Rumbly uh, put pictures up, yeah. of, a video up of the snow. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I can't say that I've been in conditions anything like what what we experienced on on Sunday. I mean, you started started the day. I mean, sixty degrees, over sixty degrees. Uh, visibility was wasn't a concern, and later on, you know, as the evening progressed, there. You know, I took a picture up in the press box and uh, kind of tweeted like a side-by-side view of my picture I took on, on Saturday, you know, clear skies and uh, just a beautiful, uh, as you would expect, scenery there to, to look out off into the distance and like the mountains in the background. But on Sunday, I mean, it, 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 uh, it was com- completely completely changed i mean it was uh this 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 like haze this like sandy haze and uh winds were were 25 30 mile per hour steady all throughout the evening and uh yeah racing was all 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 around the bottom there throughout you know the heats and uh, the b mains and but i mean by feature time i mean you could not i mean like you wouldn't have expected any of, of that at all um I mean, like for real, it 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 was uh, a remarkable turnaround, and uh, you know, like that in and of itself, like we don't need any other evidence. I mean, we didn't need like any other evidence to know that, um, you know, just like Vado's worth. But now, after after Sunday, it's just like, all right, you know, I think we I think we've seen almost everything, uh, almost everything now to take place at, at Telvado Speedway Park. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, hats off to them. And um, I don't think, you know, being there and experiencing that, and even, yeah, after the race too, it snowed and winds were even heavier or even uh, more stiffer. So, um, I mean, they they endured a lot, you know, throughout the night too. So, uh, I'm fortunate to be up in the press box and not having to deal with any of that. So, yeah. Well, Leah, Derek does it again. There's this mute, this mute button. There's the mute button. I was, I was afraid that would happen with the, with the baby there, you know, like I kind of got him off. off Baby's back, baby's, baby's back sleeping. Uh, I was going to say if there's one couple places where if the weather's like that to have a press box, it's like Votto, Charlotte, uh, World 100 at Eldora Speedway, few where you're like, okay, we can get out of the elements a little bit, but yeah, it was nasty there. And I will always say this. I feel like the weather is always colder if you take like 30 degrees in Illinois and 30 degrees in the desert, I feel like it's, it's chillier in the desert for some reason, but uh, yeah, crazy bizarre weather there, but I'm glad the racing has been phenomenal. So kudos to the track prep over there at Vado Speedway Park. Uh, and speaking of a race also this past week in Kovac, which maybe the weather should have been like this for the name of the race, the ice bowl, 
Uh, debuting in the Cooney car, a Longhorn, Ryan Gustin gets the win after an opening opening lap shenanigans between two drivers as well. But Gustin gets the gets the payday and gets a, gets a you know historic kind of a race in the winter time, the Ice Bowl victory. Yeah, it was, I, it was weird just seeing Ryan Gustin and Todd Cooney there. You know, two Iowa drivers. Uh, you usually don't get guys from up north running the Ice Bowl. Uh, it's, and I, I look back at all the, uh, the winners of the ice balls, but it's the 33rd year the ice balls run. I mean, it's been around a long time. Uh, and, and there's only six States that the winners have come from, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, Louisiana. There's no tracks above, uh, North from, of, of Kentucky on that list. So no Northerner has ever won, uh, the ice bowl until Ryan Gustin, you know, goes down there and does it, uh, this weekend. And, I mean, what a great start, too. I mean, you know, he, he, he's now he's with Todd Cooney. Uh, he brought that Noah Bushman, his crew guy that had been with them over with the TriStar Transmissions team. And they also have Tim Douglas, who had, uh, now I, I noticed he's with them uh, this year. He'd been with uh, Earl Pearson Jr. in the past and Jason Papich team. And last year he's with McCowan, Dylan McCowan. Uh, so he's uh, working with them. So, I mean, he got some uh, yes, a ni- nice crew there for him. For, for Ryan and uh, and him and Cooney, they, they put together a good team, uh, it, it looks like. I mean, to be able to come out and get a, a win in the first night uh, at, at a place that's not, you know, that's that's not the wheelhouse of uh, of Ryan Gustin, not a place where, you know, where he has much ex- as a, any experience at all other than, you know, last year with an outlaw race, although he did run very well there. And um, good, good start, good sign for what that team's capable of, uh, you know, uh, Last year, Gustin was was in contention uh, early in the year uh, for for the Outlaws. He kind of faded a little bit, didn't didn't hold it through the whole year. Maybe he can do that now with with this team, even though he's a is a first year driver going for Cooney. And uh, I make one other comment too about the about the Ice Bowl. And uh, you, I, I went back to last year's Ice Bowl and watched the video. And all you saw was guys running around the bottom, running around the bottom every lap. I mean, and that's normally what you see at the ice bowl. It's an afternoon race. They have a million divisions, lots of, uh, you know, man, it, it pounds, uh, pounds that racetrack away and, and it becomes laned up one, one, you know, one grew this year was not that K. I mean, you look at the racing from the ice bowl I mean, there were guys up around the top running around the top until the end of the race. There was, it, it was moisture on that track. It rained a lot overnight stayed uh, misty in the, in the morning too. Like they had to delay to start a little bit on Saturday. Uh, and, and man, it, it was, it was pretty good. It was another one. Like if you, when I said last year, I went to the Talladega outlaw race and I was, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised about how good the racing was. And here's another example of, uh, of, I think anybody who was at that race or watched it had to be pleasantly su- surprised about it. I mean, it, the weather definitely helped. Um, but man, it like Talladega is kind of producing, you know, now a little bit with their bigger races. Kind of looking forward now to that April Outlaw race that uh, I think it pays thirty-five thousand to win instead of fifty. Like it's spread around a little bit more than uh, the money uh, than it was last year. So, Kovac, really quick before we go to Kyle, what is Ryan Gustin's ceiling for the Outlaws this season? He was, I think, in second or third, you know, early in the season, midway point. Like you mentioned, faded. I think he ended up getting eighth. In, oh, seventh in the series standings. What is his ceiling with this new race team? Can he compete for a championship? We're always mentioning Pierce, Sheppy, Bronson, Nick Hoffman, and Shirley. Can can we get Ryan Gustin to get up there? And maybe, just maybe, he could compete for that top three. And who knows if he can uh, 
stay hot the whole year, compete for a championship. I think the ceiling could be a championship. Uh, you know, really, uh, uh, top three to a championship right there. I mean, he he's good enough. I mean, this is a driver that, man, his – yeah, you, you look at like a Ricky Thornton Jr. coming from the modifieds. Ryan Gustin is is laying. He he was a great modified driver, uh, and and he could he can get up on the wheel and, and really and really uh, compete uh, like like the, the Bobby Pierce's, the Thorntons, um, you know all all these uh, guys that are the younger guys that are uh, real aggressive. I mean, he has that ability. Um, if he has the the program like together, I mean, he he, he showed those flashes. Uh, in, in the last couple of years. And now I, this will be, um, you know, this what, but this, several years now under his belt of national touring. I mean, I, I think he's definitely, uh, he, he's on, he can, he can make a big jump. I think this year, if, uh, you know, as long as, I mean, it is a two car team, you remember two car teams, you know, with Cooney and, and, you know, as a car owner and, and racing alongside, um, uh, of Gus. I mean, two car team, that's always tough, but, you know, uh, you could see, you know, like a Boom Briggs and Josh Richards, Boom Briggs and Max Br- and Max Blair. Uh, it, it's it makes it put, adds a little extra uh, to to a team. But uh, if, if Todd Cooney believes that he has the resources to 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 give uh, Ryan Gustin, should be good. Plus Gustin will be right there in Iowa. You know, like when they come home. Uh, you know, now they can. Um, you know, he doesn't have to go somewhere else to 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 work on the car. Or, um, it's going to be right there near him and. You know, that could make it more comfortable for him, too. What do you think, Kyle? Do you uh, agree with that? What's his ceiling? Yeah, I mean, looking back on last year, like, I, re- I remember I was at Marion Center when he won that race back on May 19th. And he had at that point, he had pulled within eight points of Chris Madden for the lead. And, you know, at 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 that point, I mean, if – if you're that close, right, even through May, I mean, May's not, I mean, that's when things are obviously like ramping up and it's a lot different or it's like one thing when, when you're eight points out of the lead uh, in August, as opposed there to May, but like, if he can do it over 10 race to 12 race span to start the year, like last year, I mean, it's like, you know, why can't he put together a full season now if he just, you know, stays consistent, obviously. I mean, that's that's the the age-old question when it comes to a driver who clearly has the capability, who has the ability like he does uh, to do it in a short, you know, span or just uh, in, in spurts or in segments as the year goes on. But obviously, too, it's another to sustain that through the whole year so i mean he has the capability i agree with kevin you know i think his ceiling you know is a title but everything's going to need to go his way uh i mean his his last win on the outlaw tour last year was river cities on june 30th i was also there for that one too and you know even then he was third in in points and i think like 40 some points behind a Bobby Pierce there, but uh, didn't find victory lane afterward or those last four months there to end the year. And so obviously you can't go that long. Uh, You can't go three months without a win these days uh, and expect to be in the hunt for a championship. And even, even if you do, you're going to need to finish in the top three on the podium in the top five. But um, yeah, no, I mean, 
to Kevin's point, I mean, like the ice bowl, like I didn't even expect, I don't think anybody really expected, you know, him and him and that new Todd Cooney team to make the trip down there, but it makes sense, right? You know, the outlaws are back there uh, in the month of April. Um, obviously that's, that's uh, one of the bigger races here to start the new year, or to start the season uh, before things get really ramped up going into May. But um, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's shown it and it's, it's almost like, you know, if I speak on the level of like basketball terms, it's like, you know, as a basketball coach, we want to play all, 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 uh, four quarters, right. You know, um, you, you have teams that can play two good quarters or one good quarter or three good quarters, but there's always that one or, or, or two that, uh, you know, need, need to, need to be cleaned up or something happens to where it would cost them the game. And that's kind of the, the way that I would look at Ryan Gustin, right? He's, he's had some good quarters over his years. Now it's time to put together a, a full season. So if he can do that, then absolutely he's going to be in the mix. A lot of questions were answered opening weekend of the 2024 season. Maybe it's a sign where drivers are going to have a, a bounce back year or just going to have more wins than they had the last several years. But we all, all agree that it could be Bobby Pierce's year again. He's looking pretty damn good out there at Votto in New Mexico. Uh, we'll see how he can do the final four nights as they kick back off tonight, then a day off, and then they have three races on Friday, Saturday, Sunday with $25,000 for, for the finale. Kovac, what is your one more thing? We'll get that going before we end the show. Oh, he did it. Ah, ha, ha, he's muted. Let's go. How's that feel? Ah, I did. I did. I did it. I did it. You know, I, I did it because of uh, just in honor of you, of honoring Derek, of Papa Derek there. Uh, I was saying the, bi the biggest news item of the first week of, uh, of uh, January, first week of the year here was uh, Shane Clanton's news that he's partnered with Chad Smith, uh, you know, father, car owner of Austin Smith down there in Georgia. Uh, to purchase the Capital Race Cars division of Capital Fabrication from Marshall Green. Uh, this was something that, uh, you know, Shane's been involved with uh, with Capital right from the start. He's good friends with Marshall Green and helped develop the car back in t 2011, uh, brought, drove the first one. And uh, it, it was never a financial partner, but it was always a situation where um, when Shane decided that he was going to back off racing, uh, you know, a national level, that he would, uh, you know, there's be some sort of deal made with Marshall to to bring him on, and uh, and Shane was able to do this with Chad Smith and take it on. Marshall Green will still be involved, but he has a lot of stuff with his family, uh, you know, operating Dixie and Rome Speedways, and he does have the fabrication shop too, and um, you know, just just their businesses. It takes a lot of time. He wasn't able to devote as much time as he wanted to, and uh, recently to to capital, and now. Uh, Shane, he, he's backing off racing, of course. You know, he, his deal with Skyline Motorsports uh, ended at the end of the year, and, and now he's just going to field his own team, but only for like 20 races. You know, mostly, you know, maybe 10 weekends or so running down there and uh, mostly in the southeast. And, and that'll be different, not seeing Shane Clanton out on a national tour for the first time in almost two decades. Uh, and, and, you know, that that's just, that's just where he's been. He's been out there racing all over the country for so long. Now, though, 
he's taken over capital and going to really focus on that and uh, work with customers and try to bring capital back. So, uh, you know, good luck to him. And, you know, it'll be interesting seeing uh, Shane on a, in, a, in a new role, not as a full-time race car driver. Yeah, no doubt. A Hall of Famer, World 100 winner, Dream winner, uh, has definitely had a historic career for uh, the Georgia driver. Kyle, how about you? One more thing. Yeah, just a few things. I have a few quick hitters here. Uh, Will Rolland, uh, I just want to give a shout out to him. He was uh, the other feature winner from our first weekend of the year, uh, the crate race in USA feature down also at uh, Talladega short track. And, um, but uh, just um, on Wednesday night here, you know, there, there were um, just kind of some, uncertainty as to whether Kyle Larson would be running all six of Votto events and uh, talked with him the other day. And uh, he said that, uh, you know, he was supposed to have like a, a like Hendrick, like NASCAR obligation that would force him to miss a Wednesday night's show. But uh, I think his, his plans have changed there. So he'll be at, at uh, all six races here to, to, uh, for uh this a uh, mini series so uh that's that's uh always good to to have him here um for the full week that's some good news for the fans making their trek out the bottle get there a day early uh he's he's gonna be there wednesday night i know that was the question mark but uh yeah larson's been knocking at the door the last couple of years trying to get a win there see if he can uh, get her done uh but well, it's also a good time to see him in a late model because he said in my podcast with him a few weeks ago, he doesn't know how many, you know, super late model events he'll be able to enter this season with just so much racing he's doing. And, of course, the Indy 500. And, oh, yeah, he's running his own uh, sprint car series as well. My one more thing is be sure to go check out all the content on Flow Racing and DirtOnDirt.com this week. We have the Chili Bowl. We have the Wild West Shootout. Uh, just I want to give them a shout out all the – you know, the camera guys, the editors, uh, the talent that are doing the pieces, they, they are very, very well done. So be sure to check them out. And I guarantee you, if you click on every single video, you'll be up all night because it's just hours and hours of footage and great stuff. So be sure to go to Flow Racing or DirtOnDirt.com and check out all the content and written pieces. I can't forget about the Dirt Reporters. You know, these guys lay it all out there and get some great stories. So be sure to click on them, read them. Be sure to click on the videos and check them out. It's a, it's a good time to be a Flow subscriber or a Dirt on Dirt subscriber as well. Well, opening weekend's in the books. We hit enter week number two. Can anybody stop Bobby Pierce? be very interesting to see as we got four races left in the miniseries with tonight kicking off night number three for Bono Speedway. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. I'm Derek Kessinger. Thank you for watching.